Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And I'm welcoming and shouting out all the haters. Now, I'm not talking about mine, though they exist. If there's two people that you'd want to listen to about this, I'm telling you right now, it, it's us because we're going to be raw and uncut. That's my best friend. That's my best friend. And now, it's Gabe Ramirez. There's a chance that, and right, here's the optimist in me, and that Cole Komet is going to continue to get better and be a weapon for Justin Fields. And now, Anthony Harris. I do think there's a lack of separation that's there with uh, from Cole Komet running routes, but I would not personally compare him to Frankenstein. He's far more mobile and athletic than that. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Now, me, brother! Feliz lunes, mi gente. Happy Monday, my people. It is Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron. And I would say you are my best friend, my sports best friend. Glad to have you on. People, let me tell you about my best friend. Exactly. The one. Yeah. So we're talking. How was the weekend, man? Oh, we're going right there? Uh, Weekend was good. Yeah. Actually, should we just go straight to. No, I don't want to get into personal stuff about how the dog killed the dog. I don't. Well, see, I I didn't have that level of detail on it yet. Uh, I'd be happy to get into it at some well, point later you, in the show. I know. Uh, I, I've been tweeting you about it all day, and then it just <laughs> I've been trying to prep for the show and right the dog right. the dog issue. We're gonna talk bulls in a second, but I think it's good therapy mm. sometimes to do this. So so my wife and I we we purchased a German Shepherd. I had one growing up. She had one growing up. We thought it was a great idea. We go now. They're known as because I'm I'm not a I'm not a dog person. Uh, we so my grandparents had a dog when I was a kid, and we we spent some time staying with my grandparents on occasion. They had an, an outdoor dog named Peanut, uh, so I didn't really interact with Peanut a whole lot. Okay, that's the the only um, it, that's anywhere near close to dog ownership that has been anywhere in my immediate family. Fair. So I don't. Yeah, I, I can't offer up a lot in the way of knowledge, but my when I hear German Shepherd, I do think kind of protection yeah. dog, like kind of a serious dog. Yeah. Those are the ones with the really pointy ears, right? Yeah, that's that's the one. And okay. so he stays at my in-laws because they have a better house. They have more dogs there. It's just we have two babies. It was just mm. a better deal. And so he became friends with their dog that they've had for a long time named Taz. Mm-hmm. And so yesterday, is Taz short for Tasmanian nope. Devil? Uh, you would think so because the, the dog is extremely quick. And okay. so yesterday we went over there. We went to the Gurney Pool. We did our thing. They didn't mention any deaths in the family to us. Then hmm. we go home today, and I start running errands, and my wife calls me three times. I get three missed calls, hmm. and then all of a sudden I call her back, and I'm like, "Is everything okay?" She's like, "Dak." Killed Taz. Whoa. And I said, what? And she's like, yeah. And the thing is, these two guys, they've been living together for a year now. They go to the they go to the dog park all the time. They play in the backyard. And they're both all day. German Shepherds? No. The, uh, Taz is some sort of mix, but a regular sized dog. Okay. Super fast. But not though. a German Shepherd. Not a German Shepherd, but super fast, just really playful. And when Dak got there, Taz was the type of dog that was like, Yo, you think that's your toy? No, it's my toy because I'm fast and I can get away from you and I can run around. And so they. And German Shepherds are kind of the alpha usually, right? Usually, but in this particular situation, Taz was trying to establish his dominance and he did. Okay. He was the older, faster dog and Dak was kind of like the younger, playful little brother. And so yesterday, for whatever reason, they were playing with some toy 
and he took it from Dak, my dog, mm. and my dog, you know, got a hold of him and, and he couldn't recover from his wound. So unfortunately, they had to put him down. So needless to say, it's been a sad day in the Ramirez Winston household. And so been trying to, you know, take care of my wife, take care of the family and, yeah. while at the same time, you know, prep this show, which has been kind of incredible. I've never dealt with a loss of a dog like that. So for me, it's just it's shocking to say the least. But I'm glad I would that imagine you, so. Yeah, but I'm glad that you, you you allowed me to have some sort of therapy in the first couple of minutes to to discuss it because you know people grieve differently. And in this particular instance, this is what happened with Dak. So 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 I feel bad for Dak because that genuinely truly was, in the words of my mother in law, his brother and his best friend. And so he's been well, sad around the house all day today. So if you have a pet, hug him a little tighter. You know, play with him a little bit more today. Just, just know you just never know what could happen in these situations. So, that is very, very unfortunate to hear. As I expressed earlier, man, my condolences on yeah. it. I hope uh, you, the wife, the kiddos, the in laws, everybody's uh, you know able to to recover from that yeah. adequately. Uh, yeah. You know, lost to to any 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 being, any creature that you care about. No, that can be a, a difficult thing. So I know. I should tell Tyler. Was the, uh, I should tell Tyler to play the intro again. Don't do it though. You know what? It's, it's our show. We can do whatever we want. Just give me a little sample. Just give me a, like, give me a little bit of it, so that that way I could take all the listeners that are listening to that mopey story about my dog, die, you know, taking care. Like, let's just get the intro. Let's do it again. Let's start on the high note. And don't ask me how my weekend was. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like I knew that took place today. I was kind of, you know, I didn't know if like just being out and it's about if anything else positive happened it's, over the weekend. No, nah, it's or top anything, of mind right know. now. I can't think about any of this. But go ahead. Hit me with a little bit of intro. And we're gonna, just a little bit of it. And then that way we'll go ahead. And I'm welcoming and shouting out all the haters. Now, I'm not talking about mine. No, they exist. Yeah. If there's two people that you want to listen to about this, I'm telling you right now. It, it's us because we're going to be raw and uncut. That's my best friend. That's my best friend. And now it's Gabe Ramirez. There's a chance that, and right, here's the optimist in me, and that Cole Komet is going to continue to get better. Some Bears talk. A weapon right. for Justin Fields. And yeah. now Anthony Harris. I do think there's a lack of separation that's okay. there with, uh, from Cole Komet running routes, but uh, I would not uh, personally compare uh, him to uh, Frankenstein. He's far more mobile and athletic than that. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Now me, brother. Shout out to the producer extraordinaire, Tyler Butterball, handling business with the intro. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Take two. And we got to talk about these bulls, man. I know we're going to be talking to Ilya Schuster in just a little bit. But from what you've been hearing so far from Summer League, is there anything that impresses you? Is there anything that makes you feel good about the Chicago Bulls team after a couple of games? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the the fact that you have some of the, I guess what we might consider some of the featured talent, because NBA Summer League is is going to be largely a lot of guys who you don't expect to play a key role during the regular season. So from that standpoint, you know, you're hoping that maybe an, an unsung, unheralded guy or two might be able to break through and provide something for you. But for the most part, it's a lot of guys you don't expect to, to actually be contributing anything to the regular season. But a guy like Marco Simonovic, to see him out there, a little bit of a bulked up frame, no, not necessarily rocked up, but but you see him with a thicker build and a far more sort of aggressive approach to the game. It's been nice to see that through a couple of outings. You know, not so much in the second game, but in game number one, you know, he looked like a guy who was amongst the best players on the court, and we've seen the ball in the hands of Dalen Terry. You know, their first round draft yeah. quite a bit as well. So when you're looking at, you know, players who are hoping to, like in Dalen Terry's case, just getting his his first blush of NBA action and seeing him with some distribution ability, some ball handling ability, some open court athleticism, speed, the the personality that we've heard so much about, the the energy, the urgency he plays the game with. Those things have been on display. You know, there's been some turnovers and some of those things also. But, I mean, you know, you got a teenager out there, first NBA action, just figuring things out. So I think a lot of that is acceptable. But you've seen flashes from him, and you've seen an enhanced version of Simonovic. So I think both those things, overall, are things that we can look at, at least here just through a couple of summer league games, and say those are positive signs for the Bulls because you've heard me use the word development a yeah. lot, whether it's in our Bears coverage that we do together, whether it's talking about these baseball teams around town and where things plateau pretty quickly in the case of the Cubs and the White Sox. But I think specifically from the Bulls' perspective, because they've gone with continuity as their approach, then development has to be key there. And that's what the Summer League is about. 
Yeah, and I think the person that stood out to me the most so far is Justin Lewis. I know we're talking about Dale and Terry. I know we're talking about Marcus Simonovich, but Justin Lewis is a guy who he looks the part. 6'7", 235, mm-hmm. extremely large wingspan, kind of like Dale and Terry. But this guy is a gamer. I mean, from, from, from freshman year to sophomore year, he increased his minutes by 10. He increased his scoring by 10, increased rebounds, assists, steals. Even his uh, shooting percentage went up, three-point percentage. This is a guy that's continuously getting better, just like Dalen Terry. And I think he's – I know we got him on a – the Bulls got him on a two-way contract, but he's someone that Bulls fans need to pay attention to because he is going to crack this rotation. Mark my words, the way he attacks the rim, the way – the confidence that he has, again, he's not someone that we drafted, but he's, he's that guy that that that, that – that you're not expecting to play and give you minutes like an Ayo Desumu. You didn't know what he was going to necessarily give you. But Justin Lewis is that dude. So pay attention to the box scores as the, as the summer league winds down and you're seeing this. Because when you're looking at the box scores and you're looking at Simonovic, you know he did 27 and 13 in game one. But this is what separates the Jordans from the everybody else's. Jordan mm-hmm. did it consistently day in and day out. Every game he came through and scored. And what you see a lot in today's NBA is – you have guys that can score 30, but then the very next day they put up 10 or 11. And in the case of Marcus Simonovic, he, he scored 27, and then the next the game he scored one, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like those are the things you got to look at, consistency. He said he wants to work on his three-point shooting. You need a guy that can knock that down. 0 for 3 the first game, 0 for 3 the second game. Now, I do love the – did you watch his post-game post on the after the first one? He had a lot of confidence he knew what he needed to work on, and okay. and so he's like, "I know I got to work on my three point shooting." I love that you just did, you just <laughs> scored twenty seven and thirteen and had mm. three blocks, but you're focused on the lack of three point shooting that you're that you're able to uh, produce for the Chicago Bulls team. So it it's been interesting. What are your thoughts, Ant, on just the summer league as a whole? I mean, it seems like a glorified like preseason. It's not even preseason. It's just this like. Hey, get some guys that are kind of the same age and get them to play together and see if you could find a gem. Well, that's the thing because the you know everyone knows kind of the writing that's on the wall when you're out here playing in these summer league games, and you know there there was a conjecture beforehand like whether or not it would make sense to have I would assume out here participating in summer league at all because you you know you you would like to see him continue to get more work and then you, know, you have the inexperience of Patrick Williams and whether or not the Bulls would have wanted to get him some work there but those are guys you know for sure will be contributors once you get to the regular season and so do you put them at risk out here in summer league the Bulls have decided so far that's not something they want to do but most of the guys that are on the court know that it's a long shot for them to actually come out here and contribute but you're laying groundwork for it. You know, I've been in that position in NFL preseasons where you're out there trying to lay groundwork trying to see if you can crack the two deep but even if you don't crack the two deep, you know there's an audition that you're having for a potential future opportunity with the ball club you happen to be with in that moment or all these other squads around the league that are getting that same film that are evaluating you as you face their teams and knowing that you're putting that film out there to potentially, if you don't make this squad you're currently on, to maybe be someone that someone else can bring in to add to their depth chart. And even if it's not at the start of the regular season, maybe it happens during the regular season, just to keep yourself in shape, to keep yourself on everyone's radar. And so that's got to be a part of the mentality that these young Bulls players are out there attacking the court with right now. If you can, just like you mentioned, Io DeSumo, I mean, being a second-round pick, that's you know that's just a notch above being a two-way contract guy. So, I mean, you know, you haven't had draft capital invested in you if you're Justin Lewis, but you are a guy who you know coming in that the Bulls at least – you know, they don't necessarily see you as, as someone who they're that high on, but right. they see you as someone who can get on the court, show that you have the ability to contribute. And Lewis is one who's out there starting to stand out in that capacity a little bit through a couple of games here. And let me ask you this question. Obviously, as someone that's gone through preseasons and NFL seasons, can you think back to a story where there might have been a guy – that you knew wasn't going to make the team, but he was like super loud <laughs> and super obnoxious or just felt like he was the man. Because I, li- I listened to Dalen Terry. I love his interactions with Sam Smith, ChicagoBulls.com writer. And he has this confidence about him, this air of him about him. And I wonder if it's rubbing other people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And, and I want I want to know if you've ever been in a situation 
in a preseason or, or training camp where you've seen a guy like, dude, shut up. You're not even going to be here in a week. Yeah, th- those guys are definitely out there. And, you know, there's there's something to be said for confidence, for bravado. You know, when you make it to, to a certain plateau, especially if you're out there competing as a professional athlete, you're confident. You, you've made plays at every other level of the sport that you've been at before this. And so you should step onto the court confident. Now, you know, you get to a certain point, like Dalen Terry was talking about, you know, whether or not he, he wants to take on LeBron James and you're showing that degree of bravado. <laughs> then, you know, maybe maybe you need to dial, dial it down just a little bit because uh, you end up, end up putting the bullseye on your own back and you, know, you got to be able to back that up at a certain point if you're going to talk that kind of noise. But there's a balance to it. And within the locker room, you know, if you're one of these players who, who at least – can showcase it amongst the younger players on the roster, but then at least show the type of deference that you should show when the all-stars get out there with you, you know, when you're actually participating in, in full squad practices, not just summer league ball, you know, not just out here with the, the young cats, but when you actually have the vets and you're out there with them, if you've been out here dominating the conversation, if you've been out here showcasing all the bravado in the world with the youngsters, it's good to show, you know, a level of confidence to show a level of intensity against the vets, against the all-stars, but then in this, at the same vein, you're not running the locker room yet. So you, you got to be able to balance that as a young guy. But when it's just everybody out there, you know, a bunch of rookies and a bunch of young guys who haven't necessarily broken through in the NBA, like that bravado, it does, I think, allow you to kind of showcase something, especially if you do have a performance on the court that shows you amongst the, the best, the most capable players out there. Well, we're going to find out if Dalen Terry is too overconfident, if Marco Simonovic can crack the roster, and if the Bulls have made the right moves this offseason. To get those answers, we're going to talk to Bleacher Nation's Elias Schuster. He's the lead writer for those guys, and he's going to answer those questions on the other side of this. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. This is Chicago Sports Radio. Six- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 70 the score.
I mean, Chicago's my home. I think we've, we've built something over the last, um, well, at least for me, I've been here for five years and over the last two, three, built something and being able to come back as, you know, a cornerstone piece and, and allowing them to, you know, get some of my insight and some of my input and, you know, pretty much constructing the roster, you know, to help me and, you know, help us win um, was really big for me. Zach Levine giving us excuses as to why he signed the deal, knowing damn well had everything to do with the money. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony <laughs> Anthony here. here what happened to me? I mean, come on. We had a, come on. Oh, they built the roster. Yeah, okay. They walked into your condo and filled it up with dollar bills is what they did. Zach Levine, you ain't got to fool me. Uh, we are going to be asking if, in fact, he truly meant what he said to none other than Eli Schuster, Lee Ryder for Bleacher Nation. He's joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Eli, let me ask you this. Was that serious when he said that he wanted to go on the free agency tour? Or you know, or could he have just saved us all a bunch of time because we all knew he was going to sign with the Bulls anyway? Well, I think he definitely could have saved us a lot of time, but I... Look, I understand the leverage play, right? He signed with uh, he signed with Clutch, and we all know that that's the game that they like to play. So, you know, when he sat down today and he ended up answering uh, and saying no, that he didn't end up with meeting with anybody, I wasn't shocked. He put a good scare into everybody, but you got to do what you got to do to make sure you can uh, secure that bag. So that's exactly <laughs> what he did. And, uh, you know, you got to respect him for it. I get it. I get the move. But, yeah, he probably could have saved Bulls fans a little bit of uh, – a little bit of sweat if he uh, if he just confessed a little sooner. And part of the conversation today was about Zach's feeling of, of pressure or lack thereof. What did you make of the fact that he, he essentially said he he's put pressure on himself throughout his entire career, so having this max player contract, he doesn't necessarily feel like that that adds to it. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think I could see both sides. It's one of those situations where he's always been kind of one of those players who – you know, I feel like he's always been like the everyone's against me thing, just kind of working up the ranks. A lot of people call him that empty stats player for a long time. So, you know, I think there's always been that uh, that lack of belief in what his game was. So he's kind of, I think it's true that he's always put the pressure on his back a little bit. But at the same time, I do sit there and I'm just like, well, you are a max player now. It does come at least, you know, perceptionally to people around the league and to fans. It comes with a little bit of you know, it's a bigger deal. So at the same time, I think there is more pressure. He probably, I could totally understand not wanting to admit it, right? Like he doesn't want to sit there and say like, oh yeah, I feel a ton of pressure now <laughs> because he wants to sound like the common collected dude who got it all on his back. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I do think, you know, there is for sure another level of pressure, not just on him, but on the Bulls as a whole for investing in him. And I'll be curious to see how he handles it. I do think he can, but uh, there definitely is a, is a little bit more there. Eli, I agree with you 100%. Zach Levine knows what he's capable of. Zach Levine knows what he did last year. He 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 kind of was like, hey, you know what? You're the elder statesman, DeMar. Don't trip. You can have the team. But just know that you're going to be passing the torch on to me eventually because I'm going to be the younger, more athletic guy that can, you know, play. But but the concern is his health. The concern is that body. What do you think? I mean, obviously people have cleared him, so to speak, from some of the injuries that he's had. But but there were some lingering ones that he was dealing with all at the end of last year. How do you think he's going to, I don't know, tackle that coming into this season? Do you feel like his body's going to be better prepared for it? Or do you think it's something that Bulls fans have to just understand he's not going to be playing 82 games this year? Well, I think it's smart in general just probably not to play your max player 82 games. <laughs> you know, you're fair, not fair. saying you should. But yeah, I, I do understand the whole argument against uh, – resting guys i mean guys you know people pay for these tickets they come they want to see the stars but at the same time there's a responsible way of making sure you keep certain players healthy so i do think there's uh in terms of should there be a level of concern uh i don't think so right now i do think this was an issue that he addressed during the off season uh like we heard him today he talked about how great he feels right now it sounds like his normal off season routine is happening he's going about things normally i think the bigger thing is or the bigger question for me at least is, you know, how can he develop his game where he relies a little best, little bit less on his, you know, sheer athleticism, because that's been a big part of who he is as a player, and just more on, you know, kind of how DeMar DeRozan, we see him get to his spots, we see him find his offense, mm. we see, you know, all, all, we see him work, 
to get his shots in creative ways. So, yeah, for me, it's more about as he gets older, can he develop more of, you know, that pick-and-roll game? Can he develop more of that um, how to be active off the ball, make sure he's finding his spots in the right way? So that's what it is for me. I think right now his health is fine, but as you get older, we see certain players who rely so heavily on their athleticism. They have to learn how to adapt a little bit. When healthy, who is the best player on the Bulls? I do think Zach Levine's the best player on the Bulls when healthy. I mean, DeMar DeRozan, at the, at the end of the day, we saw what he did last year. And I say that, you know, knowing how great DeRozan can be. But I think in two, if we're talking two-way potential still, we saw glimpses of what Levine can do on the defensive end, at least when he reserves some energy for it um, with, you know, the USA team and the Olympics. And I think as he gets older, if he does have a secondary scorer next to him like DeMar, he can t- kind of tap into that defensive game a little bit. But also just offensively, we talk about the athleticism. He does still have that to his game where DeMar is a little more methodical. Levine kind of has that more explosiveness and that burst. So on a nightly basis, I do think he's at the point in his career, he's just entering his prime. He will be you know, the better player. He will be the best player moving forward. Uh, last year was an interesting interesting case, but I think Levine is the guy moving forward, and the Bulls, the Bulls know it. That's why they paid up. Eli Schuster, Lee Ryder for Bleacher Nation, joining us right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. I agree with you 100%. Zach will be the best player on the floor next year. I, I, I said it last year that DeMar was the best player, and I felt like deservedly so. He was the guy who took the shots when the game was on the line, but he's going to be 33. There's going to be some sort of torch passing, whether it be this year or in the latter half of, of, of or excuse me, in the, the beginning of 2023, something along those lines will happen. But to me, that's not the question. To me, that's not the, the, the press question for the Chicago Bulls. It is the play of, of Nikola Vucevic. And, and can he, I think he can, and I want to know, Eli, if you feel the same way, can he get back to that perimeter three-point shooting threat that he once was? I think so. I, my, my thing is, like, he can't be as bad as he was last That's year, right? That's what I'm right? saying. Like, That's what I'm <laughs> saying. <laughs> because, yeah, it was literally so bad last year that you sit there and you go, like, okay, well, it can't be that bad. It has to be somewhere in between. And I do think that's what we'll end up getting. It, something that I think a lot of Bulls fans watching, and he's gotten a lot of, I think, unnecessary kind of hate the past year because at the end of the day, he, does, he still does some little things on the offensive end that aren't the sexiest. You know, we're talking about – setting good screens. He does defensive rebound. He's a really good connective passer. He does a lot of little things that are helpful. He does need that three-point stroke, though, and I think he can find it. He just needs to get comfortable in this role. He's never played this, you know, third third guy on the team role. He's always been number one. The offense all comes through him. It's come through the post. It's all been designed to work uh, in his favor. So I think the Bulls not only do Zach and DeMar need to figure out how to play better with him, but he needs to figure out how to fit into his role better and find his spots behind the three-point line better. So another year, I think, we'll, we'll, we'll see an uptick in what he can provide this team. Is he ever going to be the Vucevic in Orlando? No, just because that's not who he's being asked to be on this team. What do you make of the Bulls' point guard position? They're old. They're hurt. Uh, <laughs> we don't know what the tempo will be if you don't have Lonzo Ball out there. How do you actually get the, the offense generated in a way that won't have to have them shoot the ball better from three because they really didn't address the three-point shooting? Right, yeah. I mean, that's the big question. I mean, that's really the big question. It, it comes down to, you know, Lonzo Ball's health. Can you rely on that? It doesn't seem like you can't. You never have been able to throughout throughout his career thus far. And the hope is, or the word is, you know, he's steadily progressing or whatever. But going into next year, you kind of have to, that's why I think they've racked up the depth. And that's why they add someone like Goran Dragic. I know that he's not, he's not the kind of transition playmaker, of course, that Lonzo is, but he's at least another steady hand, which I think this team got worried about last year when they have to pull on Kobe White, who's never been able to prove he's that facilitator. Pull on Ayo DeSumo, who I actually think, did do a really good job in that spot next year and should help if Lonzo's hurt this year in that role just because he'll have another year under his belt. Uh, they're probably asking him to focus a little bit more on that, you know, playing that potential backup point guard role. But Goran Dragic is at least a guy who can come in there. He gives you a steady hand. He's, you know, a smart player, very well-respected locker room guy. So it, and especially come playoff time, they didn't want to rely on that Kobe White, I'll just assume, super young type. 
Tragic is a guy that can help you there. So, but that is the big question heading into the year. Like, I can't get, I honestly can't even give you a great answer because it's like, that's what we all need to wait and see how. I don't know if they did enough to address that this year. It's funny because they have a ton of guard depth, but do they have that? They don't have anyone like Lonzo Ball who can make the offense work in the way that he does. Eli, continuity though, Papa. Continuity <laughs> is the key word. We don't got to add pieces. We just need them to play a couple more games together, which I totally understand. I know what it's like to go into export with four of my boys and we run the court because we know what our strengths are as opposed to just picking up four randos. But let me ask you about this team. If it is about continuity, if it is about bringing these guys back, who do you think is going to be the surprise of this 2022-2023 Chicago Bulls team? Well, I think the the you know the easy answer there would have to just be Patrick Williams. He's just the guy that you expect to take that step up. And I do think if he's healthy um, and he stay and, he, and you know the last year's injury was a fluke injury, so all things considered, he should be able to stay healthy. He played almost all the games his first year in the league, so um, health should be on his side this year. And I think he showed flashes last year of, of what they want him to be at that position. He, he rebounded harder the more he was on the court. He was able to give you a little more offense. His three-point shooting has always been a little bit better than expected um, coming into the league, and we know that he has a decent mid-range game. So I think there's potential for, for him to step up into that surprise role. But I think another name that I, I would throw out there, honestly, is to still keep our eye on Ayo Desumu. I know he was kind of a surprise last year, but we talk about Lonzo Ball, right? If he can't stay healthy or if they just try to limit his, his workload this year, then you're going to switch to you know maybe relying more on, on Ayo Desumu. And he played like a veteran last year as a rookie. It was kind of the craziest thing to watch how uh, calm and collected he was. So I could see him playing uh, a big role again on this team and even carrying a little bit more weight uh, in, in, in feeling a little more comfortable in his role. What have you made of Dalen Terry so far in the preseason? I like him. I mean, I know the the the, pre, the summer league time is funny, right? Because I feel like if someone plays great, then everyone's like, "Oh my god, this guy's a steal of the draft." If someone plays poorly, then we just write it off and we just say, "Hey, it doesn't matter. It's summer league." But the truth, right. like in between somewhere, he's had his highs and lows already over just two games. But I think he's kind of shown us what we expected, which is he's this you know athletic wing. He can come in. He's uh, has great court vision, really good passer. I think he'll fit really well with this team as a connective passer, as somebody who can also run alongside uh, Levine and Lonzo if he's healthy in transition, and somebody who makes sense when you picture the early season version of this Bulls team. Defensively, he's also rock solid. It's really good when you're a rookie and you can come in with a solid defensive foundation. It gets you on the court. It buys you more time to you know figure out your role on offense. But that's the that's the thing with him, right? I think we've seen in summer league his offense so far has a little bit been a little bit up in the air. He can't really create for himself. Uh, he's not a off the dribble shot maker or anything like that, which I think has been frustrating for some fans to watch at times because you sit there and you're like, well, he's the main guy. I want to see him get buckets. But at the end of the day, he's not a huge bucket getter, and he's more of an off ball scoring threat, or at least he projects to be. And I think we'll see that when he plays alongside the actual guys on this this uh, real roster with the Bulls. So I think he's shown us what we want to see so far, and I'm excited to see what he can do over the next couple of games. And we had Joe Cowley on the show recently, and he had a, a supposition that I thought was pretty interesting where he, he basically said, because I, part of my concern was that Dale and Terry would seemingly fill a similar, not the exact same, but maybe a similar role, similar type of prospect being drafted as Patrick Williams, where he's not a guy who was elite, at the collegiate level, but you're counting on development of traits. And I, I had a bit of a concern when you bring in another wing player who like, yeah, you know, he's athletic. And, you know, maybe even though he wasn't the star on his college team, we can bring him in, into the NBA and really round out some of these traits that we love. And it just felt like you're bringing in a similar type of prospect as Williams, who you're going to have to wait on for perhaps multiple seasons. And college response to that with this was essentially, he feels like Terry could be a guy who pushes Patrick Williams to another level just sheerly based off his intensity if nothing else like a similar position and that intensity and Patrick Williams watching that it could rub off him to a certain extent I thought that was that was an interesting kind of supposition on on what Terry could mean to Williams do you think that that adds up yeah, I don't think that's a. I don't think it's a bad take at all. I mean, do I see that as like that's not the reason they they draft Terry right? It's like, well, we're going to take him and just and just hope he pushes Williams. But is that something that can happen because of or like 
because of drafting him? Absolutely. I do think, uh, you know, Patrick Williams, he's another uh, young guy coming into the fold, someone who's going to be vying for minutes in a, in, you know, a deep, um, on a deep roster. So I definitely think it could give him a push forward. I do think though, the two differ a little bit in what, in what they bring to the table and, uh, Williams, you know, I see, I see him more as that power forward uh, player versus, you know, Dale and Terry who's going to be sliding into that uh, backup shooting guard, maybe some nights are, are playing at small forward. And I see them just a, a little bit different in what, in what they can exactly bring to the table on the court. But there's no question that I see him, yeah, pushing another young guy like Patrick Williams. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they decide to divvy up the minutes and, and who gets what. But, uh, yeah, Terry is a project player for sure. I mean, you bring up how like you're you're taking kind of similar players uh, that have those athletic attributes and hoping you can turn them into something. Uh, and we've seen it work at times, and we and, and sometimes it, it doesn't. But I do think it it'll be interesting to see how he if he does push Williams in that way. I think it's totally possible. Um, but I'm excited to see how it works for both of them and if he can earn the minutes. Dalen Terry is going to be 20 tomorrow. Patrick Williams is going to be 21 at the end of August. I just see, I feel like Pat, because Pat's demeanor is so chill and Dalen <laughs> Terry's is so off the wall. I can see Pat Will just being like, bruh, shut up. <laughs> shut, <laughs> shut up already. If you saw the video when Kobe White was mic'd up during the first right. summer league game, like Kobe's like, hey, Pat Will, what's up, bro? What's up? And Pat Will's just like, shut up. it's that kind of vibe so i'm hoping that pat will could be like the elder statesman that can just of course we want him to develop in a different way we want pat will to be the guy that can score 17 a game that luau dang type of game where you're grabbing some rebounds you're defending you know some of the best uh, players on the opposite squad but you're also you know getting some points when need be that that's what we would want in a perfect world from pat williams but there's also some other guys that are stepping up big in summer league, and I'm speaking specifically of Marcus Simonovich. 27-13 the first game. Obviously, he, he he laid an egg the second one. Is he is he going? You see the passion there, but is is, is Tony Bradley going to make his way off of this team, and then Marco's going to get some some tick? Like how how is he going to get on this roster with so many contracts that are guaranteed? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, Marco, especially with. The Marco situation has been interesting since he came over overseas last offseason because he was a player that they signed to a three-year deal, gave him a full-time roster spot, and then all of last year you see him appear in nine games, all garbage time stints, and then he's in the G League the rest of the time. And it's just if you're eating up a full-time roster spot, uh, you know you want to have that player at least be on the bench or be able to give you something. And uh, Tony Bradley, he's somebody who last year also proved to not be able to give you much minutes. <laughs> so it's like, do, can you at least, I mean, you got to, I think, pick between one of them. You got to get rid of one of them. The problem was they gave Tony Bradley a player option and he accepted it. And so now he's here and they're sitting there like in an awkward meeting looking at him like, what are we supposed to do? So he, it, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I think with Marco, the big question has been, you know, how does he stack up against more formidable size, more more traditional NBA size. And he did bulk up. We heard he went from 215 pounds to 245 pounds from last year to this year. And that's a big help. It's a big reason we saw him have that big first summer league game where he had 27 points and 13 rebounds and three blocks. But then go to game two, we see him playing against Jericho Sims on the Knicks. He's a more traditional rim protector that the Knicks uh, and, and a sophomore, just like Simonovich. And what happens, he scores one point. He gets seven rebounds. He gets no blocks. So after one game, it was encouraging. But then you see him go against that. You, you see him try to answer that question of, okay, what can you do against somebody like Jericho Sims who projects to be, you know, he could get into a rotation potentially sometime. He can be a real center in the NBA, a real backup center. And he wasn't able to produce. So I have questions about whether or not he's really going to be able to eat any minutes on this team it's it's great to hear what the coaching staff have to say about how he's finishing better in traffic and you know he's bigger and he's playing and he, he still has the ability to stretch the floor all of that though so far has just been words we have yet to see it consistently show up so the rest of summer league will be big for him and then also he'll get some you know time in the preseason to try to prove himself uh the bulls they definitely can use help in that front court i just don't I don't know yet if it's going to be able to come from him because uh, the first two summer league games, very, very different outcomes for him. Yeah, and it's it's good to see the players root for him, though. That's the good thing. When you got when you got some for of the sure. big dogs that got your back and really want to see you perform well, that to me is the most promising 
uh, thing that we can see from a Chicago Bull fan standpoint. Eli, thank you so much for hanging out with us today and giving us, giving us some insight on this Bulls team leading into the season. Appreciate you guys for having me on. Thank you. Of course, lead writer for Bleacher Nation, Eli Schuster, joining us right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. There's somebody else that, you know, Jericho, we mentioned Jericho Sims. We talked about Dalen Terry being a braggadocious type player. And there, there's someone else in the NBA that was tooting his own horn, probably a little louder than we would have liked here in the city of Chicago. <laughs> Who is that player? And why in the hell does he think he could beat Michael Jordan? <laughs> we'll discuss that guy right after this. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. So, when you become part of the Chicago sports fraternity, we love you here in Chicago. We lift you up. You're almost idol-like. We think that no one else is better than you in the present, like a Mitch Trubisky. (laughs) But then there are those that we honor forever, like a Michael Jordan. And somebody was out there saying that they could cook Michael Jordan. Now, I think this person was omitting a word. Mm. The word is for. For? Yeah. yeah. I think uh-huh. I, I could cook right. for Michael Jordan. That's, <laughs> that's what I think he was trying to say. Listen to what John ja Moran had to say about MJ. I feel like he, you know, the reason a lot of people, you know, want to play the game of basketball um, to even, you know, be there with him is, you know, something I didn't see myself doing, you know, as a kid, but having that opportunity uh, to be there and, you know, talk to him, introduce myself, and, you know, just have that conversation with him. Um, I don't know what I would have said, but. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I played in his generation, though. Yeah. You wish you would have played in his generation? Yeah. Why? I heard he was like, like just how he, you know, go about the game, you know, just that mindset he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to, you know, play against him. So Yeah. You know, yeah, this time you're not saying, I would have cooked him. A... I would have cooked him, too. <laughs> you would have cooked Michael Jordan? Man, I, nobody got more confidence than 12. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what you're supposed to say. I get it. As you should. I'm, yeah. I'm never going to go cut the, nobody cut the, cut the clip. Cut the, cut the blasphemous clip over there. Anyway, the word he's omitting is four. Uh-huh. I would have cooked four Michael Jordan. I would have got him. Chicago hot dogs. I didn't probably try to put a pizza in the oven. And Maybe a beef sandwich. Right, something. exactly. Uh, something. But right. here, here's the thing. Okay, I get how he's saying it. It's a confident statement like, oh, I, I would have cooked Jordan, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. I think he's forgetting something that's, that's very important here. It's that MJ won defensive player of the year. MJ averaged over two blocks or over two steals a game. Like, MJ wasn't just a scorer that you think. So my thing is, you wouldn't have been able to stop Jordan because mm. John ja Morant's not that defensive dude. So <laughs> when you say you would have cooked Jordan, Jordan has the stats, my dude. He was defensive player of the year. Jordan did that. Stripped Carl Malone, came down the court, game six, swish, that all that stuff. You suck on defense. Jordan would have <laughs> so so. If, who has the ball first? Because Jordan would have just scored. You know, what are you right. playing? It's Chicago. What are you playing? 21? What are you playing? 32? Oh, yeah. Like, no whatever doubt. you're playing, 21. he would have cooked uh-huh. you. When you hear this, Ant, do you do you just laugh a little? Or do you do you like John Morant to the point where you think he could have held his own against Mike? I hear the words of a young man <laughs> who has watched a couple of highlights of MJ uh-huh. on defense. Like, maybe he's seen the clip of AI kind of you right, know, having to, I right. mean, and when you see the the one time, like in the lane where AI's crossing Mike over, and it took like three or four crossovers before he finally got just a little bit of separation to get a contested shot off on MJ. So I'm hearing a 22-year-old, I, is that still a millennial? Is there something beyond that? I think a Gen but, Z at that point. Okay, all right. So I'm hearing a 22-year-old who never got to see the real Mike play live in his prime. He's seen a couple of highlights. He's seen the one where a player that he's comped to sometimes, Allen Iverson, was able to cross MJ over a few times and actually hit a shot on Jordan. I believe that's what Ja Moran is basing it off of, in addition to his otherworldly and his earned confidence. But in the end, come on, man. I mean, there's, there's, there's nobody who, in their right mind, 
has the right to believe they'd be out there cooking MJ. So he was in the wrong mind. That's what we. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's yes, what we that's could exactly say about John Moran. I'm and, looking at him. I'm like, Ja, come on, Papa. Like, yeah, MJ yeah. would have just put you in the post. He wouldn't even have shot any jump shots or threes. He would just put you in the post, hit you with the fadeaway. For like I said, what are you playing? Twenty one, thirty two. For all them mm-hmm. points, he he would have just done that. But I get it. I think the young the young generation, these Gen Zers, are talking crazy. <laughs> just like ah, uh, his name is slipping me. Buddy from I think it was the 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 ah, I'll look it over in a second. But the guy from Arizona who got drafted, who was like, LeBron James is gonna have to show me that he's uh, what? LeBron James what? <laughs> Are you serious? He was he's been in the league longer than you've been alive. Right. And he still get buckets. Like, what are you talking about? So I get it. It's probably something not it's like, you know what it is, and it's like me. Like I used to say all the time when I was younger, like, oh to my dad, I'm like, yo, I will dominate you when I got a little mm. older. When I got older. Mm. I was like, I'll dominate you. And then, you know, when I got like eighteen to twenty two, I started winning consistently. But now that I'm my dad's age, when I was mm. that age, Mm. I realized that it was just father time catching up with my dad. It wasn't that I was better than him, you know? So, right. so when Ja right. is saying this, it's like, are you talking about right now that you would give Mike buckets? Like, uh, are you going to go to Charlotte and ask him to play afterwards? <laughs> okay, maybe you might. And the thing is, him. Mike would show up. Oh, he Mike would be it. down for it. Like, if you roll up on MJ saying, yeah, man, let's do it. Mike would be like, all right, give me a minute. You know, be, I'm, I'm surprised Mike getting having somebody knock on John Moran's uh, door right now. You know so, he you know is. What? We, we can meet at my unsold mansion that I got outside of Chicago. Let's go on to my court with the 23s all over the floor and, and march through my, my gate with the Jordan logo on the front of it. Yeah. And we can go do this with no cameras around, and I'll show you something. Right. That, that's the type of guy he is. Before we get out of here, let me, let me get a predicted score. Let's say well, we're talking prime here. Prime mm-hmm. MJ, prime John Morant. Game is to 16 by ones. What's the, what's the score for you? What do you think it is? 16 by um, one. I would, hold on. Before you answer that, I would love okay. if people listening would text that in because I just want to be entertained. 312-644-6767. Prime Jordan, Prime John Moran. Games to 16 by ones and twos. What's the final score? Give me – go, I'll go 16-8, Mike. Okay. I'll go about 16-8, nice. Mike. You know, That's yeah. nice. Yeah, I mean, you know, let, let's not act like Ja is completely like some kind of scrub. Sure. He doesn't have game. He is definitely – very talented, yeah. and if he does, like if M- if he ever forces MJ to miss a shot, if they're not going to make it, take it. Something get like a couple. Ja gets the rock in his hand. Right. He'll be able to score some. Okay. You know, I, I don't You're doubt right. that, but you're talking to 16. I mean, Mike wouldn't shut him out, but I, I see MJ dominating. What do you think? I'm going 16-5. I'm going Five. 16-5. I think Mike gets the ball first and scores like seven out the gate. Uh-huh. And then, like you said, he misses. Ja gets like two. Like, he'll score the first two, then Jordan will play defense for real, get the ball back, score right. another seven, <laughs> and then it's 14 to two, and then it uh, might, 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 might back off on defense, feel bad for the kid. Then yeah. he puts up, you know, two or three points right there, and then Mike gets the ball back and just like, he's like, all right, game's over. If I get the ball back, you ain't scoring no more. And then that's it. The game's over. 16, 16 to five. But I would love your, I would love your predictions. Now, real quick, yeah, real quick, I love too, because I, I think, uh, I think Tyler Butabaugh is probably closer to, to Ja in Oh, age, this is great. But, than either one of us. I don't know. Maybe, maybe all Tyler's seen is just a couple of MJ highlights out What's there. What's the score, too. Tyler? What's the score? In a game of? Game of game up to 16 by ones and twos, Jordan versus uh, Morant. 16-2. Jordan. <laughs> okay. All right. That guy's born and raised I, in Chicago. I, right? I love John ja Morant. He's, he's a hell of a player, but, I mean, it's not even close. He's Tyler Butterball. He's our producer extraordinaire. I'm Gabe Ramirez with Anthony Heron uh, here till 9 o'clock on 670. The score on the other side. We're talking some Bears, baby. It's about time we talk about these guys and see what they could possibly be doing with Justin Fields and his new hairdo. We'll do that on the other side right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. As we celebrate 30 years, The Score wants to thank you, our listeners. We couldn't have done it without you. You know, The Score has got to be the best radio on on the air anywhere in the country. I'm just enjoying the hell out of it. Thank you very much for doing what you're doing for us, essential workers and everybody listening. I appreciate it because it gets us through the day. I listen to The Score all day, man. Thank you, man, for always standing up for truth, man. You're not standing up for no side. You're standing up for truth, and that matters to me. Whether you're a day one listener or just started on the Odyssey app, a big thanks to all Score listeners every Everywhere throughout our 30-year run. This is 670 The Score. An Odyssey station.
Hey, it's Mully and Haw for the coolest people we know, Window Nation. Beat the heat with Window Nation. Get $200 off any style new window and pay no interest until 2024. While the temperatures and prices of most everything are skyrocketing, you can lower your energy bills and raise the value of your home with beautiful new Window Nation windows at amazing savings. Call 866-90-NATION or go online at windownation.com. Set up a free in-home consultation and you can lock in this amazing offer for six months. We'll show you how over a million of our expertly installed money-saving double-pane Energy Star efficient windows are already rewarding and cooling families in over 150,000 homes. Take advantage of this very cool offer while it lasts. For a limited time, you'll save $200 on every window, do your entire house, and save more with no interest until 2024. But you have to call now, 866-90-NATION, or visit windownation.com. Window Nation, the perfect fit. Just tell them Molly and Haw sent you. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Whether it's 12 miles to the Pee Wee football comeback of a lifetime, 80 miles to your first hole-in-one, or more like eight shots to the first hole. Whether it's 240 back road miles to sleeping under the stars, or just a few blocks to the grocery store, Marathon has the fuel to keep your engine running at peak performance. Because you never know where life is going to take you. For quality fuel through every mile, Philip at Marathon. Okay, import footage. How is the hard drive already full? Juwan's Pilates studio converted to entirely virtual classes. But leading and editing sessions is stretching her too thin. It says render failed. What What did I do? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Earn up to $500 in sponsored job credits by conducting interviews on Indeed. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. Get in zone. AutoZone. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.